Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go over to 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. I am still jumping from Sunday night. And uh, not just because I preached good, but because y'all had a good service. And uh, I was very blessed. Uh, I've listened to that message twice. And I'm just blessed about what God is doing. Amen. You know, I, uh, I, I'll say this just real quick to say it. Is, you know, there were some things that uh, were challenging. You know, but here's the thing that, that you want to remember. Is uh, the thing that it kept coming back to was, but the righteous are kept. We're kept. And irregardless of what's going on in the world, we're not participating. Amen. Amen. And that, that doesn't mean that, 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 that we're being foolish or, or not being, you know, doing what we need to do. But it means I'm not participating. And, <laughs> amen. And so that's, that's so important. Amen. So the Lord said to us, 2020, he said, will be a year of decision. And he said it will be a year when a stand will have to be made. And he said those who will stand for the word and for the principles in the word will find themselves more and more at odds with the world and the world system. And he said there will come, if you can imagine, an even greater divide between what is right and wrong as the world continues to give heed to lying spirits and doctrines of devils. And he said the decision to stand for truth or for the word and what is right is what will make the difference. So notice over and over again, he said to us in 2020, there will have to be a decision made to stand for the principles in the word. Well, that of course is right and wrong and and moral and immoral and sinful and non-sinful. But it's also what does the word say? I've got to stand for what the word says. It is just as wrong for a person to know a promise is in the Word and refuse to stand for it as it is for a person to know that there's something in the Word against what they're doing and refusing to stand for that. Amen. It, it, it is just as wrong for a person to accept sickness and disease as it is for them to cuss someone out. It's just as wrong. Why? Because Jesus died to free me from both of them. Right? Jesus died. It's, it's just as wrong to receive poverty as, as it is to hold a grudge. Because I was redeemed from both of them. If I don't see everything that's against the word, as here's the word, wrong for me. Right? Then, then I'm going to have issues. In 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, I believe we're there, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So some will depart from the faith. 
leave the faith. For what reason? Because they give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Giving heed. And we talked about that last week, but we'll go over it briefly. That word, that phrase, giving heed, means to bring near or to turn the mind to, to bring it near or turn the mind to or hold the mind towards. So he says, in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, leave the faith, abandon the faith because they bring these doctrines of devils they bring these seducing spirits near to them or they hold their mind towards them. And, and what the Lord said to us about 2020 was that the world would continue to give heed to lying spirits and doctrines of devils. But Paul warns us here in 1 Timothy that people in the church can do the same thing. Because the, the, the series that we're on is what has your attention. And I'm going to share some things with you tonight that the Lord shared with me years ago that just imprinted my spirit and, 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 and changed my life. But he says they're going to give heed to something. Giving heed to something is something I willingly do. Your mind cannot just think on something you don't want to think on. And people will say, but you know, this thought popped in my mind. Well, it might have popped in there, but it was up to you whether you thought about it. And if you did think about it, you willingly did it. What I had to hold my mind towards that. I've talked to people before and they say, well, I don't want to think about that. Well, don't. Yeah, but you know, my mind keeps going back there. Whose mind is your mind? Your mind is your mind. My mind is my mind. There's been times I've had to go, hey, hey, you're not thinking that way. I'm not doing that. Well, how many times a day did you have to say, who's counting? Who cares? You say it as many times as you have to say it to keep your mind in line with what the Word's saying. Because the enemy is trying to hold our attention. Right? He's trying to hold our attention through any number of things. And, and it's, it's at any time in life. You, you got to understand something. That it's not if the enemy tries, it's when the enemy tries. Because he's going to try. And he's, gonna, he's always after the attention. Alright? The Phillips translation says, they allow themselves to be spiritually seduced. The New English Bible says they give their mind to doctrines inspired by devils. The Jerusalem Bible says they choose to listen to deceitful spirits. So notice these phrases, allow themselves, give their minds, choose to listen. All of those denote that I don't have to allow it, I don't have to give my mind, and I don't have to listen. It's all a choice. Amen. Amen. It's a choice because what has your attention? If you show me what has your attention, I can explain to you why you're where you're at. If you see a person that's continually walking in victory, victory has their attention. If you see a person that's struggling, something else has their attention. Amen. So Paul says that these men would be, could be deceived because they allowed 
They gave their minds. They chose to listen to the wrong teaching. So that applies to anything that we're listening to. Anything that we're listening to. If, if, uh, if, if you think about, and I don't know where many of you were before you were saved, so I'm not, it's not an indictment, it's just a, a general statement. I don't know what, listen, what, what music you listen to, right? But whatever it was, if it was worldly, chances are there was something in there that was influencing your thinking. Right? And, 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 and to this day, if you would give yourself to that music, when you heard a certain song, it would bring back memories to you. And your mind would start going, hey, hi, oh, right? And it would try to grab your attention. It could be a good memory or a bad memory or a sinful memory or, or whatever the case may be, right? There, 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 there's a certain song that if it comes on, I remember right where I was in 1984 when I heard that song. I can tell you what I was wearing. I can tell you the street corner I was standing on. Amen. It was Dalhart, Texas in front of the Rita, Rita Blanket movie theater. I can tell you what I was doing. I was going to see the Karate Kid. <laughs> Amen. I can tell you what I was doing. I was, I was just a kid myself. But the point is, now, now that's not necessarily a bad memory, but notice what, how the attention can be shifted. Right? Have you ever been driving down the road and you oh, thank you, Father. I'm just so grateful for everything you've done for me. And oh, no, I'm so grateful. And here comes the thought, yeah, but you still have this to pay or this is still. And, and what's that doing? It's trying to grab your attention. Now, that's, that may seem elementary, but ladies and gentlemen, the battle is always in your mind. The enemy, whoever wins the mind, wins the game. And the, and the natural mind is where the attention center is what you give your attention to. Amen? There's, there's no getting around that because the harvest in your life is determined by what you're giving the most attention to. Amen? So you have to be selective about what has your attention, what you're holding your mind towards. Amen? There are things I don't need to bring near to me. There's things I don't need to turn my mind to at all. If I have to turn my mind to something, it means I had to turn it from something else. If I got to turn my mind to fear, I had to turn it from faith. If I, if I have to turn my mind to poverty, I had to turn it from prosperity. There's, there's, there's a law in the Word of God that is simply put this way, that you will go the direction of your most recent thought. You can't avoid it. It's, it's what will happen. The way you think is how you're going to see, and that's how you're going to be. You can't avoid it. Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so is he. That's it. That, that's, that's, that's how it operates. Isaiah 58 says that if you want to go to another level and you want to lift limits on your life, that you've got to let go of the lower thoughts and think God's thoughts. You've got to let go of your way and go God's way. Jesus said, if you want the higher life, you got to let go of the lower life. You see that? And so there are a lot of people, they have their attention. And, and, and here's what usually gets the blame. Well, you know, the devil. Listen, 
The devil can only suggest. He can't make you do anything. He can't make you think a thought. He can suggest it. He can bombard your mind with it. When you read 1 Corinthians 12, that's what he was doing to Paul. He was bombarding Paul's mind over and over again. Paul called it a thorn in the flesh. It was a mental battle. Paul was trying, he was trying to wear him out in his mind. That's what scripture says. It says that the enemy comes and tries to weary you in your mind. Why? Because have you ever just wore yourself out thinking about something? I have. Until I finally got a hold of the word about it. I mean, it was like I had worked all day long, hard labor. And, I, and it was just thoughts bombarding my mind. See what has your attention. Amen. Truth should be what holds my attention. Notice in Mark chapter 4. Now let's get into this. Who glory. I did it. I preached myself happy already. Amen. Glory to God. Mark chapter 4. Now remember the context, and we're going to look at, at this parable in all three Gospels where it's mentioned. Mark 4, Luke 8, Matthew 13. Different parts of this. But remember, in all three of, of the accounts, the context is the Word being sown. It's the context is the Word being sown. And Mark 4, verse 20, it says, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the Word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, a can Is a candle bought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing which shall not be manifest, there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither anything kept secret that it should not come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. The Amplified Bible says this, And he said to them, Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. I remember years ago, this just imprinted my spirit. The Lord said to me, the measure that you measure. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear determines the measure it comes back to you. Now, thought and study denote attention. The attention you pay to the truth you hear determines the level it comes back to you. The measure that I measure. Now, Mark 4.20 right there, he said 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. The Amplified Bible says some 30 times as much, some 60 times as much, and some 100 times as much. Now, whether you believe it's a hundred times or whatever you believe, it's, it's you're getting a return. These are not rewards. I've heard people over the years say, well, there's 30-fold Christians and 60-fold Christians and 100-fold Christians. No, there's not. Because these are not rewards. They're returns on an investment. 
the person that sowed 30-fold or got 30-fold invested enough thought and, and attention and study to receive 30-fold. It wasn't that they weren't capable of more. The Word of God will produce to the level that you give it your attention. It will produce exponentially. It will produce perpetually. When you see somebody that the Word of God is operating minimally in their life, mark it down. They're giving the Word minimal attention. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I, you no. Know, a person that's only receiving minimally from the Word is giving the Word minimal attention. Hallelujah. And that's why you'll see people that they, they are reaping a big harvest from natural things. They got big fear. They got big anxiety. They got big worries. Because they give a lot of thought and attention and study to it. I remember when Pastor Michelle, we were talking about finances over the offering. When we got married, my wife was and still is a list maker. I don't know if anybody else is a list maker. But she, she's a list maker. And uh, she, at, at that time, you know, we would sit down to do the finances. And, and, and she would put the income and the outgo. And she would, I mean, she would, and, and, and of course, it was always lopsided. The, there was always too much month at the end of the money. You understand? And so, and so she would cross that out and go and make another list. And cross it out and go and make another list. And I'm thinking, there's no more money that's come in. And so the list isn't going to change. And all it did when we were doing that was make both of us go, dear God, we don't have no money. We don't have enough money. We're short, right? And so we had big problems because that's, that had our attention. One of the greatest revelations that came into my life was what I give my attention to is going to grow the biggest in my life. What I give my attention to is going to grow the biggest in my life. And we call it talking the problem. Why, are you, why does a person talk the problem? Because they're thinking the problem. And then they have what they say. Because you, you say what you think. And you can't avoid that. People, I've heard people say, well, I just said that without thinking. No, you didn't. At some point, you thought on it. Right? It might have been dumb, but you thought about it at some point. Amen. So, if the return on the word is small, the investment of the word is small. It's, it's, it's the same as in, in the natural financial world. I remember when I was talking to our financial guy one time about some accounts we were setting up. And, and he was talking to me about investments. And he said, now I'm going to take this money and it's up to you. I can invest it in three different kinds of accounts. He said, I can invest it in low risk, medium risk, or high risk. And that seems elementary. And, but here's the thing. The low risk produces a lower return, but there's no risk. Or minimal risk. But the medium uh, 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 investment re returns a medium amount or a moderate amount. But there's a higher risk. The high risk returns the best amount, but there's a high risk to your money, naturally speaking. All right? I can invest 
$100,000 in a low-risk account, and it'll grow, but not very quickly. I can take that same money and put it in a high-risk account, and in some instances, double it overnight. But in some instances, I can lose it all overnight. Right? But it's, it's the investment and return. Well, where the Word's concerned, if I'm constantly giving my attention to the Word, according to Mark 4, it's, it's growing up and it's becoming greater than the situation that I'm facing, but I've got to consistently give my attention to it. So when, when somebody that you know or people that you know are talking about how bad things are or how things are going wrong in their life, keep this in your mind. What has their attention? What are they constantly thinking on? Well, I don't know what they're thinking on. Hear what they're saying, and you'll know what they're thinking. Amen. Many believers only give enough thought and study to the Word to produce 30-fold. Some give enough to produce 60-fold. Some 100-fold. If you're going to work the Word, you might as well work it to receive the biggest investment possible back to you. Amen. Wouldn't that make sense? I mean, that's always been my mindset. If I'm going to do something, I'm, I'm going to go do it. There's no casual anything to me. Amen. If you and I are in a boat fishing, you don't know it, but we're competing. I'm trying to beat you. Right? If we're tied at four fish apiece, we're going to fish till I get another one. Especially if it's my boat. Yeah, but I want to go home. Can't, can't go home. I'm, we're tied. We can't go home this way. Wouldn't be right. Now, if you beat me fair and square, great. Right? I mean, in, in anything. In anything. When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm out on a run and, and, I, and I run up, somebody's running ahead of me and I get up next to them, they don't know it. We're racing. I'm coming around you. <laughs> right. And people say that's just competitive. No, I mean it is, but that's how you've got to be about the Word. If I'm going to work the Word, I want to give it thought and time and study and attention so that I can get the biggest return possible. I don't want to just get by. I told my wife today, there are so many people that you see in the world that are just satisfied with mediocrity. They're just satisfied with just, just getting by. Well, I don't need much. It's, it goes beyond what you need. It, 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 it expands your thinking. It, it expands you inside. When you start to set goals and you start to think big and you start to say, I'm going to bring my thinking up to the level of God's thinking and I'm going to reach out and I'm going to take everything that He has for me. I can have more because I can be more. I can have more because I can ingest more of the Word of God on the inside of me. I can have everything I need by giving my thought and attention and study to the Word of God. Amen. Oh, glory. Now notice Matthew 13. Matthew 13. 
I want you to see something. Whew, glory to God. Verse 19, Matthew 13, 19. When anyone, so notice this. This is so important. Anyone. If Paul was writing from Arkansas, he'd say, when any of y'all. Right? When any of y'all hear the word. I say, Paul, Jesus. Here's the word of the kingdom and understands it not. Then comes the wicked one and catches or takes away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now I want you to notice something. When people, very often when this parable is taught or read, it's, it's like, uh, well, the wayside soil, the rocky soil, you know, like they really didn't have a choice and, and, and you know, no. Notice something. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away the word that was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. He could have chose to understand the word. He could have chose to understand it. You can only understand by giving the proper amount of thought and attention to the word. What has your attention? Understands it not. Well, why does he not understand it? He didn't take any time. Remember when they set you down to your first algebra problem? Did you understand it? But you had a teacher that was there to help you. You had a book that was there to help you. Right? But you had to do what to the book? Study it. Give your thought to it. Take it home. Do your homework. Amen. You couldn't just sleep with the book under your head and get it. Boy, that'd be good. Amen. But it doesn't work that way. You have to give your thought and attention to it. And, and, and you couldn't just sit around and say, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand. The teacher would take you back through the process. Right? Isn't there a formula to work those problems? And if you work the formula, what do you get? The answer. How do you work the formula? By studying the formula and working the formula, you get the answer. Study the word, work the word, you get the word results. Amen. Many give large amounts of time and attention to other things. And they become highly developed in that. They receive a harvest in proportion to their investment. Amen. I, uh, I know a guy right now that his parents, his parents have told him, don't come to the house. You know, during this season. Don't come to the house. And, and they won't let them come over. Their son. And he said, Pastor, all they do is sit around and watch the news all day. They're so full of fear. He said, I'm surprised they don't sit around with a face covering on at home. And I'm not against that. Don't misunderstand. Well, I'm, not, I'm not down in face coverings. I'm just saying. That investment... That is given to that, 
is producing a harvest in great proportions. Right? But when you are giving your attention in any area to the Word of God, to what did the Word say? Like I said last Wednesday, when you're giving your attention to there is a division, there's a redemption, there's a blessing wall between me and the world. Right? And you're giving your attention to that, the fear will leave. Right? Because that's what's got my attention. What has your attention? When, uh, when Lily is sitting at home and uh, uh, she'll be having a snack and she'll put her, her Kindle up there, her little tablet, and she'll be watching something on it. You can be talking to her and you say, Lily, right? Liliana. And it's like this. I see her mouth, but not her eyes. What does that mean? I don't have her attention. And so what do you guys say? Hey, pause that for a minute and listen to me. Right? To get the attention. Amen. What holds your attention determines your harvest. What holds your attention determines your harvest. We have a society, we have a, a generation. And, and here's what I've heard people say. That they, 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 in the business world, they call them soft skills. And I think they're essential skills myself. In, in other words, people skills. Dealing with people. We have a generation that are going into the workforce, and here's what the workforce is saying, that they don't know how to deal with people. They're real good at technology. They're real good looking at a screen, but they can't interact with people because where's their attention been? Video games, social media, electronic things. Most, most of us in this room, we were raised up interacting with people. I was taught, I remember just being a very young boy, being taught straight up, when you meet somebody, you shake their hand, you look them in the eye, you give them your attention. Amen. I can't tell you how many times over the years people have hired me and wanted to hire me because they said, when you came in the office, you shook my hand and looked me in the eye. Attention. You, you, you see what I'm saying? What you give your attention to determines your harvest. Hallelujah. In Luke 8, Luke chapter 8, am I helping you tonight? Luke chapter 8 and uh, verse 13. It says, They that are on the rock, which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root. Which for a while, notice that phrase, believe, and in time of temptation, fall away. The Amplified Bible says, they believe for a while, and in time of trial and temptation, fall away, withdraw, and stand aloof. To withdraw, you have to do that. 
To stand aloof, you have to do that. Well, what is standing aloof? If you've got a group of people that are standing here in the middle of this room talking, and I come over here and stand by myself, I've withdrawn and I'm standing aloof from the group. Nobody drove me away. I chose to do that. And notice the Amplified Bible says that it, they believe for a while. Well, believing is if you're believing something, you're giving that your attention. In order to have faith, the Word has to have your attention. Nobody that gives the Word minimal attention has faith. Nobody. Because it's impossible. You can't have faith without hearing the Word. Amen? The, the uh, Living Bible says, they know the message is true, listen to this, and sort of believe for a while. They know the message is true and sort of believe for a while. The Phillips translation says they believe for a little while. The New English Bible says they are believers for a while. For a while, for a little while. The basic meaning of temptation is adversity. That's the base meaning of temptation, adversity. It can also get in, over into pressure. When Pastor Michelle wrote her first book, Pressure No Problem, that was the emphasis, was that these words, temptation, persecution, they denote, they denote pressure or adversity. So these people heard the word, received it with joy. What's that mean? Woo, they shouted about it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, I'm blessed going in and coming out. I'm blessed in the field, best in the basket, blessed in my storehouse. Woo, by his stripes I'm healed. Hallelujah. No plague, germ, virus, disease can come on me in the name of Jesus. Wham, adversity. Whoop. Immediately the attention shifted from the, whoo, I'm healed, whoo, I'm blessed, whoo, I have all my needs met to, oh dear God, look what we're going through. Now why is this important? Because it's not if adversity comes to you, it's when adversity comes to you. It's coming, at some point, it's coming. Why? It comes to everybody. Adversity is going to show up. And what, according to Scripture, is the adversity designed to do? Draw you away from the Word. Get your attention off the Word. Why? Then he can take the Word from you. If the devil can take the Word from you, he can take anything from you. There's nothing he can't get once he gets the Word. And that's why he comes immediately after the Word. I mean, that's like, that's like, when, when, you, when you watch a nature program and you watch those big cats, they're chasing an a, a antelope, a wildebeest, a zebra, whatever. You'll have a group, you'll have one of them that'll grab that animal from the back. But once it's on the ground, one of them comes in immediately and grabs him by the throat. Why, that's it. It's over. Once, once that's done, it's over. The enemy coming after the word is, is like that big cat going after the throat or the juggler vein of that animal. Because if he gets the word, it's over. And that's why scripture says what? Above all else, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Where does the Bible say you hide the word? In your heart. You guard your heart with all diligence. You don't allow your heart to have its attention on anything but what God said. 
Thank you, Jesus. Do you see this? So these people heard the word, they received it, and sort of, notice, believed it for a little while. The enemy got their attention. He, he, they gave heed, and it caused them to depart from what they believed. I told you the story, I think it was last week, meeting with a minister that I, I still have great respect for him. He's meant a lot to me in my life. But uh, how he just went away from the word of faith. Had been word of faith, I've, I've, I'd know, I've known him for close to 30 years. And been word of faith. Been word of faith. And one day we're having lunch and, and he began to tell me how you couldn't call things that be not as though they were. That these things that, that he had taught and that, that others have taught, that you, you can't do that. Well, the first thing that came into my mind was what's he been listening to? Something's got his attention. How many times have you seen people that they'll, they'll be believing for something, standing in faith? And I'm not saying they're not in faith, but they're standing in faith. And something will go wrong. It won't end the way they thought it was going to end. And the next thing you know, they, they don't believe that anymore. Well, maybe God doesn't heal every time. Maybe it's not God's will. You know, maybe God was trying to teach us something through that sickness. After all, God let them die. So how do we know it wasn't His will? Look what got their attention. Somebody asked Oral Roberts one time, they said, what are you going to do if the next person you lay hands on dies? He said, I'm going to say, next? People say, that, that sounds callous. No, that, it's what has your attention. He said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. God is a healer no matter how many people you know didn't get healed. It doesn't change the truth. Amen. And, and, and over the years, I've counseled a lot of people. Pastor, why did this person die? And we were believing. And why didn't it work? Listen, there's a will, and, and I don't have time to get into that, but there's a will in that person. They got to believe as well as I have to believe. But it doesn't change what I believe. I've had people tell me, well, you know, Pastor, if you were going through what I was going through, you'd worry too. Well, maybe not. You can't say that with any certainty. And even if I would worry, that doesn't justify it because Scripture says don't. See what's getting my attention. When you begin to justify the, the problem having your attention, well, you know, I was doing good, but then this came, and boy, you know, that's justification of giving that thing my attention. Is that right? Amen. When, G when they came to Jesus and said, and said uh, 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 the one you love is sick, Lazarus. Notice what Jesus didn't do. He didn't drop his ministry responsibilities and say, Whoo, boys, let's get back to Lazarus. He kept doing what he had to do. And then they said, well, he died. That didn't change Jesus. Because he, he told them at some point he's going to live again. Because when he got there, Mary said, if you'd have been here, and Jesus said, didn't I tell you your brother would live again? At some point he got the word to them that he's going to live again. 
Now, Jesus was the Word incarnate. He was the Word made flesh. He didn't let the fact that Lazarus died get his attention. This is what happened to these people. Is they believed for a while. The enemy will always come after your belief system. Because that, that, that's, that's, that's what everything you believe is built on. And hear me. When he gets your attention in one area, he can get your attention in every other area. And it will go all the way back to what you believe about everything. That's how dangerous that is. Hallelujah. Notice verse 18 of the same chapter. Take heed therefore how you hear. For whosoever hath to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seems to have. Notice it says take heed how you hear. Mark 4 says what you hear. Luke 8 says how you hear. You can hear and receive or hear and think you received. The, the Revised Standard said, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. I got to know that I have given my attention to the Word of God. And this is revelation to me. In uh, Mark 4, I wanted to get, over, get to this real quick. Mark 4, 21. It says, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, not to be set under a candlestick, on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which will not be manifest, neither anything kept secret that it should not come abroad. Now people will read that, and remember I told you in the very beginning, keep it in context. The context is the word and sowing the word. It has not changed. These verses means God's not hiding anything from us. Nothing's hidden from us in the Word. It's, th this has been used in the context of sin. Nothing, nothing that's hidden that won't be manifest, so you better watch it. No, it's talking about there's nothing in the Word that you don't understand that if you will give your thought and attention to it, it'll be made manifest to you. God's not keeping anything secret. It's all available for me to understand it. Hallelujah. There's nothing that will stay hidden to me if I'm willing to give the proper amount of thought and study to it. Nothing. In verse 25 of the same chapter, he says, For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he has. Well, again, what's the context? He that has revelation, or he that's been giving thought and study will receive more revelation. He that's giving little time or thought to the word, even what he has can be taken from him. The Amplified Bible says it'll be taken by force. Because it can be. In verse 15 of Mark 4, And these are they by the wayside where the word sown, when they've heard Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. So again, remember, the devil comes after the word first. Why? Because if he can steal the word from you, he can steal whatever he wants from you. I remember, and, and, and it, sounds, it sounds really uh, immature, but I remember early on in getting a hold of the word, 
uh, uh, the enemy, boy, is just battling my mind. Things are not going to happen. Things are not going to work. And I've had people over the years, they say, you know, Pastor, you say a lot, well, I believe God. And, and I say that all the time. I'll be walking through the house all day long. I say, well, I believe God. I believe God. Well, of course, that comes from Acts where Paul was on the boat and he said, uh, he said uh, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. But where it really imprinted my spirit was that day, boy, the enemy was just fighting my mind and fighting my mind and fighting my mind. And I finally took the word of God and I put my face literally in the word of God and did this right here. I went, I believe God. Well, that's funny. That's silly. It worked. I believe God. I say that all the time. I've been saying it for almost 25 years. I believe God. When someone says, well, this is happening, I believe God. That's going to keep my attention. That brings you back to center. I believe God. Yeah, but this is going on. Don't care. I believe God. Yeah, but this report, I believe God. But the doctor said, I believe God. Not denying that, but I believe God. The same word that creates can recreate if something goes wrong. If the word created it once, it can recreate it. I've had people say, what would you do if you lost everything? Take my Bible and get it all back. I didn't have anything when I got a hold of the Word. Everything I have is a result of the Word. You, you, can't, you can't scare me by trying to make me think I can lose something. I, there's nothing I can't lose that I can lose that I can't get back. Amen. You need to give your thought and attention to the Word of God for what it will make of you. It'll change you. Amen. It's just, it's just like a, a person that's, that's, that's gained a fortune and maybe lost it. They know how to get it back. You know, the, a statistic one time said this, that, that currently a very large, uh, a very small percentage of people hold most of the wealth in the world. And there was a study done one time and said if you took all the wealth in the world and distributed it evenly among the now over 7 billion people in the earth, that each person would get approximately 260 some odd thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. If 7 billion people can get over $200,000 apiece. But they said here's the most interesting thing. Within six months, those that hold all the wealth now would have it all back. Because they know how to get it. They know how to function with it. Amen? The people that you see that the Word of God's always working for them, it's always taking them over, it's always producing in their life, they're giving their attention to it. And they know that no matter what comes, if I'll give my attention and study to the Word of God, I can get it all back, or I can preserve it, or I can produce it. Meditate on the Word until all carnal reasoning is removed. You can't get into carnal reasoning. Why should you be sick? Why do you have to struggle? 
Why, why is it that you hear a lot of, 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 of Christians say, well, you know, a little fear is healthy. Where's that at in the Bible? It says fear brings torment. And notice it didn't say fear brings torment except for a little bit. You just want a little torment? I got some brownies. Right? No, you, you don't want any brownies with a little manure in them, right? Well, I mean, it's just a pinch. You, you won't eat, I mean, I don't even know which one it may be in. You won't even taste it. Are you going to take a brownie? No. So when the enemy comes and produces just a little unbelief. Nope. I got to get rid of all carnal reasoning. And here's why. God wasn't kidding when he said, whatever the man who will meditate on the word does will prosper. He wasn't joking. Now, either that's in the word or it's not. If it's in the word, I got to give my thought and attention and my study to it. Amen. Because this group of people Doggone it, you're going to be blessed. And you're going to be healthy. And you're going to be prosperous. And you're going to succeed when everybody around you is failing. You're going to have everything you need and more. Why? Because I won't let it be any other way. It's going to happen. And it is happening to you right now. I'm looking at some of the most blessed people in, 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 in Arkansas. Some of the most blessed people in Little Rock. Why? Because the word is your source. Amen. Say it out loud. I believe God. And because I believe God, everything he promised will surely come to pass in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll stand up, everybody.